All right, guys, welcome back to the Business Shift podcast. Super excited for who we got coming on today. We were talking at the beginning before we started this this uh, recording, and it's going to be a good episode. So let's welcome on John Wright. John Wright is the CEO and co-founder of StatsDrone. StatsDrone is building the next wave of business intelligence tools for the affiliate marketing industry. John's career spends over 20 years experience in the affiliate marketing industry. He graduated university with a degree in engineering focused on robotics and AI. He has spent the last 10 years working on SEO, UX design, as well as conversion rate optimization. Today, John is merging his life experience and affiliate marketing with the world of engineering and data science. He believes data is the future of our industry and that we can have more automation within our business and make better decisions based off of data. I am so excited to bring him on because I think that so many people are based off of emotion and not looking at the numbers. So let's go ahead and cue that intro and then we'll bring him on. Welcome to The Business Shift, the podcast for online entrepreneurs who are focused on making the shift to business owners. We talk about what it takes to build and grow a thriving digital empire and the transition required as you grow. This is a shift I chose to make in my own business, your client success, and one you'll want to consider making as you grow from solopreneur to business owner. Please share and enjoy. John, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm uh, happy to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited to get you in and chat with you a little bit about all things data. I don't think I brought somebody on that has has experience as much as you have. So I'm really excited to jump in and, and chat more about it. Um, I really want to start by diving into what led you down this path, like why affiliate marketing, why data, AI, all of these things? Because most, you know, I, I don't know a lot of people who chose that path. So curious to know why, why you're there. Yeah, it's uh, totally unintended. So I went to school for <laughs> engineering. I did robotics and AI. Yeah. And then I got sidetracked in a really interesting way. I had a friend who was doing professional gambling. And he's like, you would be great at doing this with your you know, tech background. And so I ignored it for a couple of years, but then I eventually gave it a try. And as I was graduating, I said, let's give this a go. It doesn't work out. I'll get a job as an engineer. And it started to work out where I was able to, you know, kind of have like a really interesting, you know, early career of traveling the world and being able to gamble online, make pretty good money. And that kind of led me down this rabbit hole of affiliate marketing, where if these online gambling companies could afford to, you know, pay me as a player it's like there has to be more money behind it in the ecosystem otherwise they would simply go out of business so uh, that's Mm -hmm. how I started learning about the affiliate marketing space that's so interesting I never would have thought gambling led to affiliate marketing (laughs) yeah and in my you know just talking about like you know business entrepreneurship and like coaching of people I've had a really weird path where I did those things and in some aspects I liked it but it took me a very long time to realize what aspects of affiliate marketing I did like. And the Mm. things that I kept gravitating towards had some sort of engineering element where, you know, I could write content. Like I wrote my own content. Uh, I designed some of my own websites. I did some of the programming for it, hired programmers and gained a whole wealth of experience. And it's the things that I just started to geek out on going, you know, the first time I was introduced to conversion rate optimization, which is basically studying your conversion rate of your website and going, how much can we improve it by and actually using the basic numbers to, to measure it. 
So it's, I haven't been doing this for a long time, but in the last four to five years, I've taken all the experience I've gained and said, uh, this is what I want to focus on. This is what I'm very interested in doing. And it's just applying this engineering mentality towards uh, data and affiliate marketing and combining the two. So I kind of think it's accidental and I kind of wish I had a life coach uh, maybe 10 years ago to actually help me have made that decision sooner. But right. one thing I'm going to say is that the things I've gained along the way as experience of realizing what I didn't like doing, but has helped me immensely. I like designing websites. Um, I don't enjoy the SEO part, like search engine optimization and ranking. Like I enjoy really? that, but yeah. with one exception that people can always do that better. So I've gained good experience as, as a designer, but I'm not a full-time designer. Gain experience as an SEO and a consultant, but I never did that full-time. Did the writing. So I did all the bits and pieces. Yeah. And that's where I was able to kind of combine them saying, I know what I don't want to do. And it's given me time to learn what I do want. But all of that experience is has been just immensely beneficial towards not just knowing what I don't want to do, but having that be really strong at what I'm doing today, which is going, all those skills that I've built up are super important for what I'm doing. Like we are a SaaS company. We yeah. have to have a good design that converts. We have to do <laughs> search engine optimization so we can attract the right ideal customer profile to make sure we're discovered in search engines and get all that traffic. So nothing was wasted along the way. It might feel like, you know, there's a lot of mini failure failures, but um, yeah, I'm just kind of fortunate to be able to figure this out and, um, yeah, if I, if I didn't come to this uh, conclusion of going, this is where I belong of like data science and engineering and, uh, building these SaaS tools. Um, I don't know. It's, uh, th this is where I belong. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate you sharing that. Just reminds me how important it is to focus on skill acquisition and how skills that you may, uh, learn along the way and gain along the way. You could look about, look back at that experience going, that was a failure. Like it was not worth it, but come out, out of it with an, a skill that's very valuable to you later on. What helped you really decide that this was your lane? And after kind of doing all the things that you're like, nope, that's not, that's not where I want to be. That's not where I want to be. How did you eventually get to the point where you are now where you're like, yep, this is my lane. I'm good to go. I can put my focus here. Yeah. I, I almost look back at my story and think it's mostly accidental. <laughs> like I was trying to solve a problem of going, okay, I'm running affiliate sites and I've also been an affiliate manager and I kept seeing these problems happening, but no one was really finding ways to solve these problems. Like yeah. To give you a couple examples, on the affiliate program side, if you have, let's say, a bonus or an offer that you want to update to all your affiliates, you have to email your database. Let's assume this is like 5,000 of your affiliates that promote your products. That represents millions of web pages. You now have that offer to change. You email the database. The first 10% will do it in the first week. The next 10% will do it in the first month. You are basically herding sheep that are just everywhere, trying to get them to change Something as basic as an offer, which will, yeah. ironically enough, improve the conversion rate for your program and the affiliate. So that was the first problem. Um, the second problem as working as an affiliate, uh, sometimes programs would change tracking links or a link would get broken for some reason. This represents like a leaky faucet. You're just losing yeah. money. And I remember using a stats app that, uh, ironically enough, went out of business, but I just felt there's a missing feedback loop system that needs to go in this app where I go on this app every day to see how much money I've made from all of my affiliate programs. Yeah. So what I need is one more extra layer of data that says this program has changed your tracking links 
your old links are now invalid. If you don't change them, you're totally losing money. But also just to be able to pay attention to some of the basic uh, KPIs, like yep. which program is delivering the, the largest earnings per click. Now, right. to you and I, that sounds obvious as hell. Yeah. <laughs> but if you don't do that basic calculation, some of these apps, they even do it. But I've discovered a lot of affiliates don't pay attention to this. And I think really? this is when you can use the data to say, how much money are you losing by not optimizing it? I think once yeah. you show them an actual value, that's when they're like, ooh, that really hurts. So yeah. I, I stumbled upon this not because, you know, this was the engineer in me. It was the engineer in me that wanted to solve a problem, but not go down this path of being a SaaS company. I'm like, I want to build a better version of this tool and it doesn't exist. And yeah, I just feel like my story is just, I feel this is accidental. And I didn't even realize I was getting really deep into business intelligence up until, you know, almost two years ago, I never even heard the term before. And I was like, wait yeah. a minute, everything we're doing is business intelligence, conversion rate optimization, SEO, user experience design, um, you know, looking at data and optimizing things. It's all yeah. in the same collection. Yeah. So I appreciate you bringing that up because I hadn't really heard of the term business intelligence either until meeting you. And so I'm curious as to how would you define that term and what are some of the most common business intelligence tools that are used today in business? Yeah, it's, uh, I believe the industry is larger than what I've researched. And I mm -hmm. found a couple articles that said the, the BI, that's the short for business intelligence, the BI industry is worth something like 30 billion. And the first I did some research and the first time it was used, I think it was something like in the 1850s, it was used in some sort of a document talking about uh, market finance and entrepreneurship, ironically enough. And they talked about manipulating the stock market or investment space a long time ago. So the term has been used where it's just reflective of using data to gain an edge. Mm -hmm. And everywhere you look, there's business intelligence. I mean, if you think about a lot of the, like companies like Gartner Analytics, mm -hmm. it's they do a lot of research and they use big data to kind of resell to other companies to say this data, not only are they charging a lot of money, but when companies pay for it, they're able to leverage that and make even more money from it. It's, I mean, it's almost like, you know, if you can just imagine, it's like having a crystal ball of going, what's going to be next around the corner or being able to, like, I'll give you another example. I did some data analysis on my own affiliate stats from a couple of years ago. And I started running some of these BI tools like uh, Tableau, for example. It's one of the biggest uh, Salesforce bought them for, I think it was almost $20 billion. Whoa. So I started analyzing my campaigns by one column was clicks. The other column was revenue. So you end up with a plot chart of all your campaigns. Now they should be in a relatively straight line, but yeah, whenever you have an, an outlier, one is really good and one is really bad. And in my case, one was really, really bad by a factor of five. What happened was I sent five times more traffic to generate the same amount of revenue as a campaign. And both campaigns were for identical offers. So we don't really know this until you just kind of stumble upon right. it. It's um, I believe that campaign cost us probably close to $40,000 over two years from one affiliate program. Wow. So that's that's a small example of business intelligence in a nutshell. Yeah. Okay. So what have you found? Cause you're talking about doing data analysis and looking at the numbers and tracking all of that. So what data have you found is the most important to track as a business? Oh, it's everything. Huh. And I think it comes full circle back to what we were chatting with before we jumped on, which is 
not enough people making data-driven decisions. It's yeah. data can come in every type of form you could imagine. I mean, just taking like really basic uh, elements of it going, okay, you have a website and you have a newsletter and you have uh, an open rate and a click-through rate. And yeah. it's about looking at that going, well, have you looked back at your data and go, which emails have actually had higher engagement or led to yeah. more sales? And when you don't really look at the data and just keep doing your day-to-day -day job and not changing anything, that's where you kind of lose out. And the, the people and the companies that actually take the time to look at that data, that's the gain. So another example, let's pretend you have a website and you have Google Analytics installed. And if you don't actually look at the data and realize which articles are driving you know, either the highest sales or the most engagement or the most time on site or lead to the most search traffic. And in my experience, like just some basic uh, analysis, I would look at the types of articles I would create and go, which ones just you know, popped? Which ones yeah. got me search traffic? And was that easy or a difficult niche that I'm competing in? It's, yeah. there's, it's really never ending the, the amount of ways you can look at data I mean, you can actually redesign a website and look at the before and after and go, well, what is your bounce rate? Has it increased or decreased? Right. And this is something that I think a lot of people do when they, when they redesign a website. So that is everywhere and every product and service even you would use, you know, whether it's like, you know, using, you know, StreamYard. StreamYard yep. might actually give you some analytics to go, okay, you know, um, well, I, I guess you said you're using Podbean. Podbean is going to yep. have its own definitely of... has a lot of analytics in that for sure yeah. and yeah. it's like there's analytics there if you've got a website you've got google analytics and everything that contributes to your analytics is just never ending it's your choice right. of content it's having the the right colors or the right contrast for calls to action i mean there's so many easy ways of making a, a website wrong and yeah. then of course in in contrast uh, you know there's a lot of things you can fix to 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 just make sharp wins Right. So when do you know that it's time to make a shift based off of the data? So when you're looking at it, if I were to take, for example, my Podbean stats and going, okay, like this is not where I want it to be. How do I know that it's time to make that decision? Do I wait? When's a good testing ground? Like how long should you be testing the data for before you actually make shifts in it? Would love to know your thoughts on that. Yeah. I, I think it really is a case by case example, like for, like just to say you have one podcast episode that would generate, let's say, 20 times more traffic than the rest. Right. It's really hard to say that there is one thing that, that contributed towards. You have to actually isolate that situation and go, was this something random that you happened to touch upon that you ended up you know, fluking on a, a um, valuable keyword that was low competition? Or is this yeah. something you could actually um, study and realize that actually, wait, there's an opening and opportunity here? It's, yeah. You can't just apply it blindly. And I think that's where a lot of uh, either data scientists or, um, you know, just regular people would actually look at the data and make wrong decisions. You just can't do that and just say, you know, more traffic isn't always going to lead to more sales. Like the data is just so fluid that, um, you know, I've worked with affiliates. I used to be an affiliate coach and I had one, um, one person who they had a lot of traffic, but weren't making a lot of money. And mm -hmm. I got them to change their keyword focus where it was the same content. The page title was a little different. The, the traffic plummeted, but the revenue went up. And it was all because of that one little change. So, so it's, interesting. it's really hard just to kind of take one single data set and, said, and say, this is truth. You, this is what I believe to be true. 
us as people, we have to put on this business analyst or an analyst hat on. And it's no different than Google Analytics where Google gives you the data and it's you as the analyst that has to use Google Analytics as a tool and come up with the insights that becomes an actionable plan. Mm-hmm. And I think this is where it helps for business owners to have a network of friends that you can actually critique you, what you're doing. So for example, I don't work as a full-time SEO, but whenever I need SEO strategies or if I need someone to cr- critique my SEO plan, I take it to someone who's, who's better at, at it than I am. And right. if they want to see the data, sometimes they'll share. And then that's when they're able to maybe spot something that I either haven't spotted or maybe they have more experience and they're able to just kind of break that data down. Like no different than, yeah. you know, your pod bean to say, well, are there insights? We don't know until we look at it and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some, so if somebody were to go in, since it is individualized, looking at the data and going, okay, when is the appropriate time to shift or to stay uh, consistent with what I'm doing? What are some of those key things that people could pay attention to that would help them in it where they could go, okay, I'm analyzing my data right now. These are the things that I need to pay attention to. And dependent on these things, it will then let me know if I need to shift or not. Yeah, that's a brutally tough question. And I'm going to use a default answer of saying, if you're not testing, this is where the mistakes happen. So for example, mm-hmm. if you're doing your podcast and like, if everything's fine, you could, you could say, if it's not broken, don't fix it. But you could also say, well, I don't know if I'm missing out on a bigger opportunity. And it's mm. until you have those changes it, to be able to make comparisons. Um, that's, that's what testing is great for. No different than your email newsletter to say, Maybe my my subject lines are a little too generic. Can I do something a little different or do something that I don't normally do? And then that's when you find out, okay, did that sink or swim? Like, did that one take off? And then you've learned something. Um, And I think that's probably the biggest mistake a lot of business owners and webmasters don't do. Uh, Business owners, like, that's complex because you don't want to be a restaurant experimenting with, like, you know, an entirely new menu. But you won't know if you've got the next biggest hit if you don't try that new recipe or if you right. don't do a, like maybe in, in a podcast example you could tr- say well you have a series but maybe you can do something that's like an outlier where it's like a special type and you won't mm. know if the engagement is different until you try it so right. just to give that's you true. one quick example uh tom hunt has a podcast confessions of a b2b marketer mm. and he's got a structure but then he starts deviating sometimes and i know that guy tests quite a bit and yeah. I'm pretty sure that when he sticks with something, it's because he's tried it and it's worked and he's like, it's I'm working. sticking with this. And I'm pretty sure I could reverse engineer um, what's working for him and why. That's cool. So do your research. <laughs> Look at what other people are doing. I love that. So what methods have you used to effectively track data, whether you have a specific software? I know you were mentioning some specific softwares like Google Analytics and things like that, but do you have anything that you do specifically to effectively track data? Yeah, well, I'm not going to be like, okay, this is what we've built as a software company. Uh, We do that for affiliates. And I'm very interested in helping affiliates like gain those insights with their data. The things that I use specifically as tools are, I'm really into conversion rate optimization uh, Mm -hmm. tools like heat maps, uh, studying the user journeys. Uh, Mm -hmm. These things just make things come to life when you could literally watch a user kind of click around your website and go, oh, you know, I've watched five of these in a row and they're not going below. Um, Analytics is pretty important, like Google Analytics, Google Search Console. And I'm spending more time experimenting with data visualization tools 
And the most popular ones that are around as like, they're almost like buzzwords now. Looker Studio, which used to be Google Data Studio, uh, Tableau, Power BI. Um, I'm specifically focused on Tableau. And there's a new one that came out recently, which I'm very excited at testing called uh, Polymer or Polymer Search. And it's uh, it's database tools for people that don't have that data background. It's to be able to up connect a Google Sheet and just it basically autom it does AI um, uh, data dashboards for you. So it oh, says, nice. this is your data. Here's a bunch of dashboards. Do these make sense? And when they make sense, you can kind of copy those templates and literally drag and drop your own dashboard. Like I built one of these first time touching the software last week. I, I built my own dashboard in an hour with Google Analytics and my affiliate stats. Oh, cool. Okay, that's very helpful. That's awesome. So... I kind of want to take a little bit and, and talk a little bit about the affiliate side of things um, because we've got mostly people who are business owners here or solopreneurs that are looking to shift to business owners. And so maybe not too much on the affiliate side of things, but I definitely know that there's a lot of people interested in how do you bring affiliate marketing into a business that isn't affiliate marketing based. So for example, like if you had a coaching program and you want your current clients to refer your coaching program and you want to build an affiliate program around that, what, what are some of your recommendations or strategies uh, to incorporate affiliate marketing into a business that isn't affiliate based? Yeah. When I, when I did SEO consulting, it's kind of like in the same realm of being a consultant. And the one thing that I've learned is that uh, referrals can be your biggest sources of, of business. Like they're yeah. very important. So referrals is like affiliate marketing, and it doesn't really matter what you call it. Um, in my space, we're used to dealing with tracking links, but just because our world is tracking links and links this, links that, it doesn't mean that there's not a value in uh, relationship management. So yeah. um, ask your customers. I think this is where a lot of business owners do fail. It's like, ask your customers. It's like, do you have any friends that you could refer to? And right. you know, there's so many examples, whether it's uh, SEO consulting, website design, even your dentist. I mean, a lot of their business revolves around referrals. Start yeah. with asking and then you really almost don't need a lot of tech for it. I mean, yeah. the, the most lazy tech you could possibly do for people that maybe aren't as experienced in web design or even putting together a website, you could actually create a landing page for someone. I mean, mm. you've got tools like Wix, you've got free websites, build them a landing page. So it's custom where it's coming from them. It's kind of like what we were talking about before, where it's like, you know, you can give me materials to share for this podcast episode. It's yeah. kind of like you can give them a landing page and that page is like a testimonial. It's yeah. like, give that to them. They're going to share it with their friends a big, you know, when they're going to re refer me or you or someone else. Um, if you make that their life easier, I think that's probably one more tip that might be something interesting. It's yeah. just pay attention to people that do referrals in other niches or industries. And you're going to start to reverse engineer, you know, how it's done and who has success and why they do it and why you, you just can't live without that. Right. Mm, okay. That's great. So I, uh, my last question to you today, cause this has been awesome, but I would love to know um, what are some of the most effective ways to incentivize affiliates and encourage them to really promote a business's products or services? Yeah, I mean, the traditional way in the affiliate marketing space has always been not just with commission, but like a bonus commission or a higher commission yeah. or, or something. 
And people will always go out of their way for something that's either free or gift or it doesn't really matter. I yeah. mean, you could really get someone in, in motion with like a $10 Amazon gift card. I mean, right. that could even be as like, hey, we'll give you this gift card if you, I mean, and then think of the possibilities. Right. Okay, I'm not going to say you're supposed to uh, pay people for reviews, but I mean, there, there's a lot of people that do stuff like this. It's just never really written down. Mm-hmm. But it's in the affiliate marketing space, I rarely see this. I rarely see an affiliate program give me something of value or even as simple as this. Hey, we have this uh, writer here. Would you like an article? And it's like, okay, I'll take an article because you're mm. saving me time. You're saving me money. And I know that writer might actually cost me personally $50. That's like mm-hmm. a $50 gift. So mm. of course that tracking cool. link is going to be inside that article. And, you know, the same thing can, can apply when it comes to, you know, trying to grow a business or a consulting business. It's the more entities you have linking to you and talking to you. Like if you can get one of your clients to do a YouTube video on you, recommending you, it's that, that video has a lot of potential. It's a referral. Um, that video can actually rank in the actual, you know, search results of Google. It's, yeah. uh, you know, and if you really want, you can actually put these things on your website. Oh, that's awesome. I love those ideas. I think that whole idea of offering, uh, hey, we have this, uh, we can build content for you, we can do articles for you, that type of thing is a great idea. So I really appreciate this. This has been awesome. Where can people find you if they want to hear more from you, if they want to be a part of your world and potentially work with you? Yeah, um, best way to get a hold of me is on LinkedIn. It's my favorite uh, social media channel. So John Wright, but look for the keyword stats because there are think thousands of John Wrights. So uh, if you search <laughs> for me, enough. you might not find it, but uh, look for Stats Drone and you'll find me there. Amazing. We'll also link everything in the description. Um, anything else that you want to say before we finish up for today? Yeah, just uh, to summarize, it's always be testing. You know, it's your content, videos. If you, you won't know what works until you test something out. And, yeah. uh, and the other one that's, I think the most, um, maybe sounds as obvious is like ask for help. It's, you know, that asking for help could be part of your testing. Like what other ideas do you think of how I could get some extra referrals for my business? And, um, you know, people are always good to help with those little basic things. And every time I do it, it's, I keep thinking, I'm like, why don't I always do this? And because I get amazing ideas all the time and we all want to help each other. That's, that's what it comes down to. Right. Oh man. Thank you so much. This has been so great having you. I truly, truly appreciate it. Um, Let's go ahead and cue that outro clip. Thanks for listening to The Business Shift, where we chat about no-nonsense insights and strategies to help you transform your online business into a successful empire. If you or someone you know is an online business owner and are looking to increase the retention and ascension of their programs and outsource their fulfillment, I would love to connect. You can connect with us at yourclientsuccess.com. Until next time, keep shifting your business towards success.